This time on episode 430 of Legends of Shield, we talk the Disney Plus series Miss Marvel season one, episode two, Crushed. Weekly Marvel news, including Spider Man across the Spider Verse casting, Manny Montana joining the Ironheart TV show, and updated Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness domestic box office, and your feedback, including your one word spoiler free reviews of this episode. I'm Chris from Play Comics a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm Agent Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show discussing the Marvel Cinematic and Marvel Comic Book Universes as told on screen by Kevin Feige's little company that could, Marvel Studios. The show is recorded on Thursday, June 16th, 2022, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast Jersey City-wide. Come and join our live chat as we record. And if you didn't already catch it, we love talking about Marvel. Because Runaway is the best Bon Jovi song. If you want to talk to us about how that is entirely wrong, you should probably go over to our website at legendsofshield.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail about how Agent Michelle is correct, you can do so at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. Maybe you just want to go over Twitter and post lots of gifts about, I don't know, any other song. Like the one that was in Guitar Hero, whose name is escaping me now. Go ahead and tag us at Legends of Shield. After you watch the amazing video of Bon Jovi's Runaway, you can then watch our show on youtube.com slash gonna geek. If you want to just have an entire experience, go catch a full concert video on YouTube that I'm sure is completely legal and then come talk about it at the Gonna Geek Discord at gunnageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. All right, you two. I'm just going to say this. I think before this series is over, we're going to get an epic play of a Bon Jovi song. And I'm just guessing it's going to be Living on a Prayer. I'm just guessing that's what it's going to be. It could be Runaway. It could be any number of Bon Jovi songs. But I'm thinking we're going to get Living on a Prayer. I hope so. That would be fine. Okay. That's a good one, too. All right. I'm a little biased, though, because one of my teachers in high school really liked Bon Jovi, but she was a horrible teacher. I'm not even sure what to say to that. She ruined Bon Jovi for me. Oh, man, that sucks. That's awful. Did she ruin any other bands for you? No, that was the only one, because everything else that she liked, I didn't really like at all anyway, so it didn't matter. All right. Well, if you haven't caught it, we are going to be talking about Miss Marvel. There's some Jersey things going on, a little bit Bon Jovi, a lot of other things going on there, too. And we, I'm just going to spoil it right now. 
We all enjoyed it and we can't wait to talk about it. So let's get to it right now. Ms. Marvel episode two premiered on Disney plus Wednesday, June 15th, 2022 it was named crushed. The IMDB description reads Kamala Khan discovers her new superpowers are super handy for staying out of trouble and getting other people out of trouble too. Michelle, who directed this episode? This episode is directed by Mira Menon has 26 Directing credits starting in 2009, including one episode of Snowfall, Fear the Walking Dead, Glow, which got canceled too soon, The Man in the High Castle, one episode of Titans, one of The Punisher, one of The Walking Dead, two Outlander, four of The Magicians, one of my favorite shows, you can catch it on Netflix, and two episodes of Miss Marvel. I have to watch the third and I believe final season of The Man in the High Castle. But I did enjoy it. It's an alternative history, basically, on if the United States did not win World War II and what happened. And then there's actual multidimensional stuff going on at the same or multi-universe stuff going on at the same time, which you don't find until later on in the series. And it's all just kind of weird and everything. But it's weird enough that I like it. I still have to watch season three, though. Chris, who wrote the episode? This one was written by Kate Gritman who has two writing credits starting in 2022. That's fairly recently. This episode of Miss Marvel, Keeper of the Lost Cities, and they were a writer's assistant for Game of Thrones for 10 episodes. Game of Thrones, that's a noted series. Actually, one of the writers of The Expanse, Ty Frank, was also a assistant and then a production assistant on Game of Thrones because, well, he worked for J.R.R. Martin, so he got to do that. So I heard a little bit about behind the scenes of that when I was delving into the Expanse stuff. By the way, the Ms. Marvel showrunner is Bisha K. Ali. Well, we have an exclusive synopsis that is one of the best synopses of an episode that I've ever seen and we're just going to dive right into it. Michelle, what happened in this episode? Mala goes to school thinking she's all that, even correcting a teacher's pronunciation of her name. Her walk of pride comes to a halt when she bumps into Bruno and learns that Zoe is making her so-called brush with death an opportunity to increase her follower count, throw a party, and name her savior Nightlight. Time for a training montage. Bruno studies Kamala and concludes that the power isn't coming from the bangle itself, but that the bangle unlocked her superhuman self, dare I say inhuman self. Kamala decides to call her power hard light, which was unique. Kamala gets permission to go to Zoe's party, where she meets Cameron, who helps Kamala, Bruno, Nakia, and Miguel escape the party. Not only does Kamala find Cameron pretty hot, they bond over shared cultural experiences. Kamala gets his digits, which spurs a dance number when she gets home. Bruno learns he has been accepted to the Caltech Early Immersion Program. Because he would be in California next semester and away from all he knows, he debates accepting the all-paid-for experience. Cameron allows Kamala to drive his car. Very expensive car, I might add. They continue to bond Kamala tries to hide from her brother, but her plan fails. She spins the 
quote, he's our cousin by marriage, unquote, story. Amir seems to buy it, but his future wife, Taisha, does not, but goes along with the bit anyway. Over dinner, we learn about Maniba's family history. Maniba's mother, Sana, got separated from her family at a train station. She also found her way back to her father, saying that she followed a trail of stars. Before this event, Sana's mother had disappeared. When Sana's mother is mentioned, Mangal glows and Kamala has a vision and passes out. Kamala calls her grandmother and learns that the bangle belonged to Aisha, Kamala's great-grandmother. In an interrogation room, Agent Cleary uses Zoe's ego to get information about the enhanced individual. With the help of Agent Deaver, they decide to have Damage Control do a tri-state sweep of temples, community centers, and mosques. During Eid Mubarak, Kamala gets information about her family from the Illumin aunties. They tell Kamala that many people wish that they had never met her great-grandmother. They say Aisha brought great shame to the family. Aisha is called a snake and is accused of cursing people, having multiple affairs, and killing somebody during the partition. With this information, we realize why Muniba and her mother do not want this story told. At the end of the party, a boy climbs a tower to get the best selfie ever. Kamala springs into action after an outfit change. Kamala talks to the boy and learns about ice cream pizza. Kamala seems to save the boy, pausing to strike a pose and gloat. However, she gets another vision, and the boy falls, landing on the roof of a car. Kamala runs and is chased by damage control agents. She is almost caught, but Cameron shows up to whisk her away. In the back seat is Cameron's mother, who has waited a long time to meet Kamala. Michelle, you messed up that last word there. You said Cameron. You didn't say it the way we're supposed to say it. Cameron. There you go. All right. With that behind us, let's talk about our initial thoughts for the episode. Michelle, what do you got? This is how you do a character building episode that doesn't have a lot of plot. I really think I want to be friends with Kamala's parents, and that makes me feel old. This episode was still fun. The series has still been fun so far, which is amazing to me because this is a tween show or a teen show, not meant for me. It's meant for another generation. But unlike the Star Wars sequels, they made it fun for adults too so far. And now I have a sense of where we're going. Don't know everything, but I have a sense of where we're going. So I think we're in agreement. We all had fun watching the episode. Let's start talking about some of the cultural stuff that was brought up in the episode because I think it's very important here. They're doing a great job of not really hitting us over the head with everything, but it's integral into the story and teaching us along the way. And one of the funniest moments was when they were talking about the Illuminantes, who happen to know everything, just like the Illuminates would, right, Michelle? Exactly. There's always that flick in a larger community that just knows everybody's business and who talks about everybody's business. And this is the group that does it. And Illumin Aunties is the best name ever. And whoever came up with it, that is gold. And you should always be remembered for it. A lot of the other groups too, though, I just, I love the way that they have everything broken down 
And I love the way that, as SP said, they're not making tons of exposition to teach us these cultural things that it's just a natural part of everybody else's life. We're just picking it up because it's just part of their life. We don't need to be super told every little bit of everything. So what did we have in the groups at the at the mosque here, right? So you had the mosque rollers, you had the pious boys, you had the insta clicks. It's insta, it's not Snapchat. And you had the converts or the reverts, and then you had the mini harami girls. It was a nice way to bring kind of the high school clickish sort of culture into actual culture. I enjoyed it. It was fun to talk about. So the Illuminantes know everything and they know a lot about Kamala's great grandmother. And she is desperately trying to figure it out because the bangle has given her these powers and it's starting to manifest itself. She can't really control it and starting to manifest itself in other ways, like it's coming out of her eyes and her nose and it's manifesting itself in class. And she's just can sort of control it, but not completely control it because that great training montage. But they come up with some interesting tidbits about her great grandmother and the family dinner also brought some things forward. So it was interesting. Still don't know completely where we're going with this story, but it has me intrigued. And I suppose it has you guys intrigued too, right, Michelle? Yes. I love this episode. This is my favorite second episode of any Marvel Disney Plus. And that's saying a lot for me because usually sometimes there's that weird dip in a second episode. This is one, this is like my favorite. When it comes to learning about her family, communication, and I know this is one of those things we're going to talk about. If you just would have told her, From the beginning, a lot of things would have gone better. But when you have an awful secret, her mother talks about having to go like across the continent, across the earth to another continent to forget what happened with her, with Aisha. And even her grandmother doesn't want to talk about it. I've had that in my family. That's something that no one wants to talk about. Everyone knows about, but Michelle doesn't. And when that one person actually decided to tell it, it devastated me and it angered everyone else because I wasn't supposed to know and I wasn't supposed to know, I was supposed to know maybe later if they thought it was okay. And it was awful. So I can understand where her mother and her family's coming from with that type of secret but in the end just from my experience i should have been told that secret by my mom a lot sooner and really if they're trying to keep kamala from going down the same path at all it might be a good idea to let her know what that path is Because how is she going to not go down the path if she doesn't know which path she's not supposed to go down? And don't forget the magical words that everybody should remember about secrets. Secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. 
And eventually this one's going to hurt a lot of people because she's not going to know anything that she's supposed to avoid doing or talking about. One of the more interesting moments of the entire episode, I thought, was when Kamala went into the bathroom in the high school when her nose was starting to glow. So she was just trying to hide out there. And her friend Nakia, who we meet in this episode, we hadn't met Nikita, Nakia yet. And she comes in there and it's like, hey, I know your mom's not big into feminine hygiene products and talking about that with you. Here's one if you need it. She obviously didn't need it at the time. And she's like, no, I'm good. But Nikita says, look, you can tell me anything. You haven't been yourself the last couple of days. And she doesn't come completely clean with her there. But at least there is that outlet for her that she can actually talk to somebody about what's going on. That isn't Bruno. Not that Bruno is bad or anything, but I think she just needs more support than just Bruno at this point, especially what happens at the end of the episode, because you got damage control after her. You've got, you're in a basically kidnapped in a weird car. I mean, it's a getaway car, but it's like you might not have wanted to get in there. And of course there's that betrayal with her new friend there as well. So if she would have known some of the secrets that said, I was thinking of this. She's not supposed to have the bangle. If they would have controlled the bangle a little bit better, then they would have known that she didn't have it right now. They don't know because they're not rummaging through that box or anything. And I'm not entirely sure if they know of what the bangle is supposed to do or not. I think we're going to learn a lot about what's the history, the true history here. And because all the family's there, right? It's not a Tony Stark. I'm looking to my dead father's videos because I can't talk to him sort of thing. So I think we're going to get a lot of that family moment as we're going forward here. But yeah, it's, I agree. You just don't know what's going on and it would have been better for her to know what's going on. I thought the training montage was great because they don't know. Both of them don't know what's going on. And she finds out that I should have worked out a little bit more in gym class or something like that, right? Because the glass thing or whatever is too heavy. So she starts working out. And this is a quabble I have with the whole episode that Bruno should have been working out with her, at least the physical part, because of course he doesn't have any superhero, superhuman powers or anything like that. I think he should have been working out too, and he wasn't. That's just a little issue that I have with the whole thing. But training montage. I think this is my favorite one of Disney plus way better than the Falcon and the winter soldier, just because the music behind the scenes. I especially liked, Oh no, please don't fall. You have to let me go. And then she's like three inches above the ground, (laughs) which was the thing from Endgame. Exactly. I instantly thought of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, okay. Cause there's one of those in there too. I mean, but the whole Endgame thing with black widow and Hawkeye, yeah. There is a lot of nods to the MCU. We had the Kingo nod. That means the Eternals is attached to this film. And I love the whole, is, does your mom have a crush? Do you have a crush? Oh, no, it's my mom. And my grandmother likes Kingo, like the, grand, like the grandfather one, without them realizing it's the same one. 
Yeah, that that's what fun. I love. It's Kingo Sr. and Kingo, and they don't realize it's just the same person. I'm wondering if Kamala is going to find that out eventually and then have to either share the secret or not. <laughs> like, oh, it's the same guy. I don't, I don't know if I want to say anything like this. But this is the second time we talked about Bollywood as a cultural thing within the MCU. And Michelle, you had a little opportunity to take a little tangent after the episode. I had to look up the films that are mentioned. DDLJ, which stands for Diwali Dulhanya Li Jayenga, came out in 1995. I ended up watching the 1993 the one they said is the best because I had to start there because of Kamala. Like, you know, this, this is the best. Baz Zagar. I watched it. These two films are available on Amazon Prime, either to rent or to buy, depending on your subscription and such. I was able to rent this one for a brief time. Okay. Uh, Bollywood Primer. This is not the first Bollywood movie I've seen. If you want to dive into Bollywood, first you need to realize that the average runtime is three hours. So I guess if you're a Marvel fan and these Marvel films have been like two and a half hours, you're pretty good for it. The acting style is what we would call extra. It's very intense. There's a, there's a lot of close-ups on faces. There's a face journey these, these people go on in this entire movie. And of course, you never know when they're going to sing. Sometimes you know when a musical number is happening, like there's a club scene in here and it's like, of course, there's going to be a huge musical number. They've got all these dancers. But there was a time when they're just sitting in the park reading and then all of a sudden they're doing this dance number with the song. It's fantastic. So what is Bagazar for about first off it means gambler and this film is a masterpiece it has changed me on a fundamental level I don't know how yet it is about Aja and there is this whole um, one of the articles that I read said there was a similarity when it comes to family secrets when it comes to Miss Marvel Kamala doesn't know the secret but everyone else does in this film, Aja knows all the secrets, but everybody around him doesn't until later on when the secrets come out. It is out there. It is. There are these characters that you're like, why are we focusing on these servants of this one place? But then later on, it pays off and you have to realize that you paid, you need to pay attention in the first hour. So when that, you know, when it's approaching our near the end, the half hour, the hour three, you're like, oh, that's when it comes. This film is just, just so extra. There is drama. There is, I'm going to spoil, do you mind if I spoil the 1995 film? I don't want to. So, okay. So Aja wants to get revenge on what happened to his family. So what he does is he dates both of the sisters, and he realizes that with the fake name, he gets along with Priya. And so instead of like 
breaking up with the other one, he kills her because she, yes, I'm serious. I'm serious. Wow. The, he kills her. It gets, it gets so Heather's. And what gets me is how Heather's the first half hour is because he uses, okay, content warning, content warning here. If you've watched Heather's, you know that they use suicide as the cover up for murder. He does this because in my notes, I'm like going, oh my gosh, this is so Heather's. And he just, he's charming, but then you know he's like evil. But then you learn about how his, you know, what happened to his mom and everything. And it just, at the end, it becomes so Shakespearean with the, I'm going to kill you. And then you're trying to kill me. And then everybody, almost everybody dies at the end. It's so Shakespeare. It's just this movie is fantastic. And I would like to thank the people behind Miss Marvel for introducing me to this. I do plan on watching DDLJ. I know for just from this episode, I realize it's going to be a complete detour because that film is beloved. Um, that came out in 1995. And it's so popular. I looked this up. It's actually being adapted to a Broadway musical. It is the longest running film in Bollywood history. And it's the one that catapulted SRK is Shah Rukh Khan. That's his full name. He got so he's so famous that he's just SRK. That's how famous he is. That's so that's more than it's like Madonna. He's just initials. He's initials. It's amazing. But I always encourage people to watch something. Okay, I know people are like, I watch foreign movies. And it's like, you watch stuff from France and Italy. No, go beyond that. Watch stuff from Japan and China. It's one of the good things about the internet is now we have access to all of these things from Turkey to India to Japan, South Korea. Watch something from one of these countries, multiple. Watch something from Japan. Watch something. Okay, watch something beyond Squid Game for Netflix. Netflix has a lot of other shows from South Korea. You, you know, listen to more than BTS. There's a lot more to K-pop than BTS, who's, I'm sorry, ARMY, that they're going on hiatus. I feel for you. You know, watch some of these things. Like I said, this is available on Prime. Go for it. It's there. Again, three hours. It's very intense type of acting. Think American soap opera or telenovela sort of thing. Just do it. I love this movie. I love this movie. I think I'm going to have to go watch this. And I just checked. It is a dollar on Prime for me to rent it. So, yeah. Even if it's bad, it was a dollar. All of it on the background as I'm editing this. So, yeah, that'll be fun. Another cultural icon that was brought into this movie was the song Be My Baby, which to me was part of Dirty Dancing in 1987. It's so much that I actually found the scene on YouTube of Be My Baby, and I had it playing at the exact same time in the song as this in the episode as Kamala is dancing around her house and everything. There are a couple parts in that whole dance routine that she's doing that mirror exactly what's going on in the movie Dirty Dancing at that point in the song. I wanted to do a side-by-side -side comparison and throw it up here 
on the YouTube or Twitch uh, on the stream as we're streaming this, but I knew we were going to get hit with a lot of content stuff. So I'm like, ah, I can't do that. So I'm just telling you at home, bring up this episode on the computer screen, bring up YouTube on the computer screen, try to sync up the actual music and you will have a fun time. It's ooh, it, it was a great thing. Be My Baby is the song title. It was in Dirty Dancing 1987, which I remember it from. It's probably been a lot of other movies, but that was the movie that I was like, this seems familiar. Oh, yeah. Dirty Dancing. Did you guys catch any of the connection as you're watching this? I did. I remembered it. I'm just a little baby and I haven't seen Dirty Dancing. Uh, you need to be Dirty Dancing's baby. I'm barely older than that movie. By a year, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. All right. So that was cool, this whole thing. I mean, seriously, Chris, you, even if you haven't seen the movie, just go ahead and bring up the video side by side. You'll be you'll have some fun there. And then let's talk about the party. So Kamala gets in all sorts of trouble. She basically gets grounded right by her parents, by going out to Avenger Con and and everything. She comes back and she's like asking to go to a party. I could see, okay, you're coming back to normal. You're going to a friend's house. This is a small community. We've already established that with the celebration that was going on at the mosque. And then it's busted by the cops and her parents never ask her about it. They have to know that it was busted by the cops and they just, okay, we're fine. I have a lot of issues with that. All of that happened off screen. It wasn't important. That's what they I'm telling away. myself because I'm with you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yes, they got away, but the parents knew that she was there and the parents must have known that the party was broken up by the cops. That's the problem I have. Yes, they got away, but it's like, are you okay? Like, even if that were my kids, which this never happened, but if it was my kids, I would say, okay, what happened? Is everybody okay? Are you safe? Did anybody get hurt? Then I would go into, okay, you were at a party that was doing bad things. I got busted by the cops. Let's talk about being a little bit smarter on where you choose to spend your time. Anyway, at the end of the whole episode, you had the saving of the boy who's trying to take the perfect Instagram. Now, this is a real thing that happens, right? People have died by getting yes. too close to ledges or on top of buildings and falling off. There was a famous, I believe they're called influencers on Instagram, couple, young couple that were traveling around. They got too close to the edge. They fell off. They died. This happens not just that particular instance, but a lot. So they drew from actual events and put the boy up there and the boy is going to fall and nobody can say at that point, nobody can save him, but Kamala, like there's no other superhero around. Spider-Man's not swinging around in Jersey city or anything. So she's got to save him. And she does by using the steps that she found out. That was cool. Did you notice it? She was watching him play Donkey Kong, watching Bruno play Donkey Kong. She's like, Oh, I can use the lights this way as steps. So she starts doing that. And she saves the kid, loses a little focus because of what's going on with whatever visions she's seen. But ultimately, the kid's hurt, but he's okay. He's not dead. And that was cool. But then damage control is right there because they had talked to Zoe and they narrowed down where this girl was going to be. 
and they were rushing after her and they had the Edith drones from Spider-Man and she brushed one of those. That's pretty cool. What do you guys think of that last end of the episode? We'll get to the boyfriend brush thing in a second, but what do you guys think of the action there at the end? I like how this series is using social media because I, I think everybody knows by now. Oh, hold on. If you are a first time listener, first off, thank you for coming. I am a teacher and I know it's all about the Insta. My students are like, Twitter's for like my mom and Facebook is like for my grandma. Oh, I'm old. And by doing so, because there was the Insta click and then we have this boy doing the same thing. I appreciate there's that thread running through. And she instantly realized what was going on. I do have questions about how she was able to change the outfit. Was she wearing it underneath? Does she keep it in a duffel bag? Was it in her backpack just in case? Because not only was it the outfit, but she had the helmet with the glowing headpiece. And I enjoyed how she used that. It's actually a technique. That is used to talk to the person who is in that situation. I still don't know how I feel about ice cream pizza, but there was a really, that was a really cool action. Not only, you know, she was able to catch him that way and then he fell and she was able to ease the momentum to where he, I think, I guess he broke his ankle or something at the end. He mentioned his ankle was hurt at the end, sprained it, hurt it broke it, something like that. And if that's the only thing that happened, at least he's not dead. I mean, she saved the kid's life. Chris, what did you think of the action at the end? I really love that she's not just super instantly amazing at her powers and that they're bringing in this. She still has to figure out what's going on. She still has to know what she can even do. And that's something that I think we've missed in a lot of these movies because it just seems like you have training montage and they're instantly like S tier ready to go. And she's not there, which is where somebody should be when they've had their powers for like two weeks. Of course, you know, you have her lose her concentration, the kid falls. And I thought it was really great thinking on her part to just kind of slalom him going down like that back and forth and slow it down and not have here's this thing that's going to catch you really hard and get another Gwen Stacy situation going. And I don't know if Gwen Stacy's situation has happened. It, it hasn't happened in the MCU as far as we know. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Also in the episode, we had Bruno come up with the conundrum. So he's jealous a little bit. And I know we talked a little bit about their relationship last time, but there is no relationship between Bruno and Kamala right now. Because it has to be mutual, right? But he definitely has a crush. And he gets this invite to go to this Caltech early immersion program. I really hope he goes to it because I think he should. But he is thinking about whether or not to do it. And he wants to talk to Kamala about it. But she's kind of busy and can't talk to him about it. So I kind of feel for Bruno here. But he has some time. And it's something that we will revisit, I'm sure. Of what's going on but you guys okay where bruno is right now chris yeah i mean i can totally remember 
not wanting to do things because it would take me away from people I wanted to stay close to. Him being a high school kid, not wanting to leave because of that. That makes perfect sense to me. Also, I don't think he's going to go because I don't think it's good for him, like being in the show still for him to go. Well, there is time. So this is just a semester, right? So he could come back. Yeah, but we have like six episodes. Right. So he's not going to leave in the show. I'm talking about like, so he's got some time to decide. And I'm thinking that the show is not going to, it's like Hawkeye, right? It happened during a week, basically. So he's not going to leave and come back during that week. He's going to leave in a couple of weeks or a couple of months and then be gone for six months. Actually, really just four months, three or four months. He'll be gone. But then he can come back and he doesn't have to go to school to Caltech. He lives on the East Coast. He could go to MIT. He could go to Stanford. He could go to a lot of different tech schools on the East Coast, Georgia Tech, right? And still not be that far away from Jersey City. I think. Caltech, though, is that's a hike. That is definitely a plane trip home. You're not going to get on a bus and be back in Jersey City overnight. You're not going to pull a Punisher here, right? So you're not going to go from New York to the middle of Kentucky overnight in like two hours sort of thing. So, yeah, that's what I think. Michelle, what do you think about Bruno here? I get the being hesitant about it. Not just being someone who has a crush on Kamala. But her family is the closest family he seems to have. Again, he's living alone above a convenience store. He does go to Eid and asking, you know, if what he's wearing is appropriate. Getting food from Kamala's mom. I think it's more than just Kamala. He would be... He's someone who's already feeling alone going into another alone situation. And that can be tough. All right. Let's talk about camera. Damn. I mean, he jumps off the top of the building into basically cliff dive into this pool, right? At the beginning. And that's his entrance. And then comes out without his shirt on, stuff like that. That was, that was an entrance to make, that's for sure. And... The girls are all ooh and ah over him. And we find out he tries to become close to Kamala. And then we find out at the end that he's basically doing it because mom said, and we don't know if this is benevolent or if there's some sort of evilness behind it or whatever. But I could see that Kamala would think she was betrayed at the end. We'll see that in the future if uh, what happens there next episode because it ends on a cliffhanger. But Cameron was set up well. I appreciated him in the comics. I know a little bit about the history in the comics. He is a cousin. He is inhuman and he has his own powers, which might've been why he survived that dive off the, tor- the roof into the pool, by the way, if he also has powers. But what did you guys think of cousin Cameron? That is the type of entrance that makes teenage girls swoon. I get it. I love the visual of how she's drawing around him and then later on with the text message and she has the little fantasy and it goes from the art into an actual picture drawn by her with the sloth, by the way. Can't forget the sloth. 
She is big into the sloth in the comic. We haven't had a sloth yet in the show, have we? Not an actual one. Yeah, just the stuffed one in her YouTube channel. So Cameron, Chris. I really loved the, oh, he's coming up to me after this amazing thing. Hi, you're standing on my shirt. Just the complete opposite ends of the spectrum there. Just being able to perfectly nail down, I think, where the characters were in that moment. And I did enjoy the text messages, how they were integrated into the blanket, even on her bed or bedspread or whatever it is. I liked that. I enjoyed that a lot. And the daydreaming and the doodling, I think that was brought in well here. It wasn't overdone in this episode, but it was still brought in. I enjoyed that. And Kamala learning how to drive in a very expensive car going very fast. I mean, I'm glad she remembered to put it in drive this time. She's not that great of a driver. Well, at least she didn't get in another accident. So I don't know. Maybe the car's automatic AI got her around it or something. I don't know. I would not let her drive my car. And I used a accident I was in that was completely not my fault for real. But I used the money I got from that to pay for a tattoo. So my car is not even like a quarter or a tenth as beautiful as his. She would not be driving mine. Well, we went at length last time in that I would not drive with her. It would scare the living bejeebas out of me. That's for sure. Because I had to teach a daughter that didn't know how to drive. She drives well now, but I guess not with me in the car. Anyway. Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. Is there anything we left on the table, Michelle? The mosque saying the prayer, that whole sequence is true to life. They were washing up because you have to approach God clean. That's They're washing up the makeup. The segregation of the sexes is true. The male section being better than the female one, true. This prompting her friend to run for the board and that moment at the party where she's talking to Yusuf, you know, Kamala's dad about this is my dream, Kamala's dream. People die to allow us to vote. You want us to have a great future, right, uncle? She laid it on real thick there. I think she did well. I mean... If she wants to be part of the community as a community leader, she's going to need to know how to get some stuff done. And I think she did well right there. So I'd vote for her. Chris, what did we leave on the table for you? Yeah, I think this episode was just a ton of fun. And I love that Nakia seems to going to be having a larger role than she did in the comics. Because from what I remember, she's like, she's kind of there and important and then just kind of drops off a little bit. And I want to see more of how she handles everything here. Well, I'm sure we'll get more of that next week as we go into Ms. Marvel season three or episode three, season one. I don't know if this is going to have a second season or not, but definitely episode three. And as I look on my schedule, I look into next Wednesday and oh, what is the 22nd of June? That is the day that Dr. Strange comes out on Disney Plus. So we're going to be busy watching an episode of Ms. Marvel. I'm thinking it's going to be next week and the movie Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So don't bug us next Wednesday night. We're going to be busy. In the meantime, we have some Marvel Studio news to cover. 
That's good music, SP. First up, we have updated Doctor Strange box office. Disney Marvel's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has crossed $400 million at the domestic box office during its 41st day of release. The movie is still the second highest grossing film of 2022 to date behind Top Gun Maverick, which beat it to $400 million in 18 days and now stands at $416 million. Top Gun? Really? I'm surprised. Sorry. Everybody that I've known that has gone to see it has said two things. It is an amazing movie, which some of the people that I'm hearing this from are like, really? It is an amazing movie, and you have to see it in the biggest screen possible. Okay. That's what I've heard from everybody, too. The guy you're in office with today came back. He's like, I don't care if you like that kind of movie, if you've seen the first one, if you haven't, anything like that, you need to go see this movie. Hey, I had no idea people loved it that much. All right, back to the um, news story. In regards to the pandemic, Sony Spider-Man No Way Home reigns as the highest grossing since mid-March 2020, both stateside and worldwide with 804.7 million and 1.9 billion first worldwide. After that, in the U.S., Canada, Top Gun Maverick is second and Doctor Strange 2 is, of course, third. Doctor Strange 2 is the 10th Disney MCU title to cross $400 million in the U.S. and Canada. After Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, The Avengers, Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 3, and Captain America Civil War. Doctor Strange 2 became director Sam Raimi's highest grossing movie ever on a global basis some time ago, surpassing Spider-Man 3. And with a current worldwide take of 935.3 million. However, on a domestic basis, Doctor Strange 2 was director's second highest grossing after 2002's Spider-Man, which stands at 407 million. So good job, Sam. I'm just really excited for when I can finally watch this movie on the 22nd or very close to that anyway. Yeah. Might have to string it out or save it for a rainy day like Friday or something like that. And by rainy day, I just mean day that we can sit down and and whatever. But we will be podcasting about it probably later on that week and probably Sunday is when we'll be podcasting on it just next week. So if you're listening to this and you have feedback to give us, on Doctor Strange, I know a lot of people asked us originally when the movie came out if they had feedback. When were we going to talk about it? Well, we'll be talking about it probably Sunday, I'm thinking. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it. But sometime that weekend, stay tuned to our Discord and our Twitter account. Chris, what's going on with the Spider-Verse? So many good things. Spider-Man Across the Universe has some new casting for the Vulture and Captain Stacy that was revealed. During the first day of the ANSI Festival, the annual animated film festival in Annecy, France, Sony Pictures Animation gave audiences an update on the production of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. In addition to a lithograph featuring Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2099, which was apparently given out to attendees at the festival, Sony shared an image from the film and a little bit of casting news. Some of the stuff we already know about after CinemaCon when Sony showed the first 15 minutes of the film. So we already know that Issa Rae is going to be Jessica Drew slash Spider-Woman. But other additions to the cast include Jorma Taconi 
as the Vulture and Shay Wiggum as the By the Books police captain, George Stacy. Also announced was The Spot, Miles Morales' most formidable foe yet, and he's going to be voiced by Jason Schwartzman. But we're going to get more Ghost Spider, and that makes me excited. I accidentally said that this wasn't big news, and Chris corrected me. It involves Spider-Gwen, and that is always prominent news. I only have five Spider-Gwen sitting on my desk. <laughs> I just got one in the mail today. Woohoo! There's a brand new series that's out, Ghost Spider, Spider-Gwen, right now, and it's on the second issue. I think the third issue is coming out really soon. Third one just came out. Okay. This week, as we record. Then I will be getting it in the mail probably tomorrow, possibly Saturday. Can't wait to read that. Well, in other news, we have some Ironheart news, which is Good Girls alum Manny Montana is set as a series regular opposite Domique Thorne in Marvel Studios Disney Plus series Ironheart. Deadline has learned. So this is from a Deadline report. Details about his character are being kept under wraps. A rep from Marvel had no comment. In addition to Williams, Montana joins Anthony Ramos, whose casting in the project was previously revealed by Deadline. Lyric Ross is also believed to have a role in the series. For those that don't know anything about Ironheart, Ironheart is a young African-American girl who's very intelligent, basically recreates a Iron Man suit out of spare parts, kind of like the original Iron Man in with a box of scraps in a cave sort of thing, but it's in her apartment and she's just very capable and is disadvantaged and needs some help to go to school and get all the correct things going on. But she's basically a really young girl, African-America that becomes the new Iron Man. And it is just awesome. So Ironheart is the character's name. I can't wait for this series. If you take a look at what we're currently watching with Ms. Marvel, of what we watched in December with Hawkeye, of this series coming up with Ironheart, you back up a little bit in Falcon and Winter Soldier, and you know you got hints of another character there. It wasn't a main character. But we're seeing all these younger generation characters. I love it. Just like I talked about in our main discussion about Ms. Marvel, we have a new generation of Marvel fans Marvel, the MCU started in 2008. It is 14 years later. Imagine like the generation before that, that grew up with Harry Potter. This generation grew up with the MCU. And it is amazing that they're finally getting characters that they can relate to at their age or maybe a little younger, maybe a little older or whatever. I think this is great for Marvel Comics. I think it's great for the MCU. And I think it's great for Disney Plus. It's great for us because. What they've done with these series is they have not made them kid only. They're adult too. Like Hawkeye was adult. Ms. Marvel, arguably more marketed to the younger crowd, but we're enjoying it as adults. So I can't wait for Ironheart. Nothing is known about the series. I don't know how close the comics are going to be or not, but I'm enjoying just learning about casting as we go along. Michelle, you know anything about Ironheart? Yes, and I'm looking forward to the TV show. I did not get into the comics because there was a number one, and then there was a reboot, and then there was another number one. I never knew where to start, 
but I know about the character. That's right. So there was the Marvel Now. So that was the number one that you said, the third number one that you're talking about. And they wanted to bring back Iron Man because there was this whole pushback of we still need Iron Man. It's the same thing over on DC or it's the same thing in the mutants with like Wolverine. Can't have the mutants without Wolverine. All right. There's a lot of other great characters out there, but I get what you're saying. You're trying to sell books. So I think Ironheart, especially after this movie, is just going to pick up because Robert Downey Jr. is not really coming back as Iron Man. We're not going to never say never, but I just don't think he's going to be coming back. So to get that type of character, of course, you have War Machine. You also have Ironheart. So it's going to be fun for me seeing that. And obviously, I like the tech stuff. So yeah, Iron Man's good for me. Chris? I know somewhere in the comics there is a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur connection, which probably is not going to help me with the show at all. (laughs) Well, we'll see when we get there. All right, that's the Marvel Studio News for the week. We have some feedback. I think this is going to be a staple for the rest of the series. So if you're hearing this and you're watching episode three, please get back with us on your one word spoiler free review of the episode. We had a couple of people get back to us this week. Andy Migna said enthusiastic. What do you guys think about that? Enthusiastic. Yes, that is a very good one. All right. Mr. Paracletes said ploy. Chris, I can see that one, too. I like that one. All right. And Stargate Pioneer said lessons. Hey, we had that training montage. We did. That was part of it. So we had the lessons for that. We had the lessons that she learned trying to save somebody. We had the lessons that Kamala learned about damage control. We had the lessons that Bruno was learning about having to go to Caltech, possibly. We had the lessons that Kamala was learning about her family history. We had the lessons of the religion. There's, I thought lessons was a deep cut here, so I liked it. All right, Michelle, what do you think we should do right now? We are going to crush an either drone on the way out. I happen to start a new interim podcast in the last couple of weeks. So if you like podcasting and if you like the better podcasting show, as the show is in a hiatus waiting for Steven and I to bring it back, I decided to stream at the same time that we were last streaming with a show called better podcasting chats with SP. So you can find that at betterpodcasting.com or on your podcatcher as better podcasting chats with SP. What I'm doing there is I'm talking to other hobby and independent podcasters, getting their tips and tricks about podcasting, talking about their history, talking about their podcasting journey, and really trying to be relatable that, yes, you can podcast, and these are some of the issues that other people have had to go to go through, and you're not just listening to Stephen and I. So once again, the new show is called Better Podcasting Chats with SP. If you're wondering, Better Podcasting will be coming back. There's no firm date on that, but Stephen and I are in talks on what we're going to do and when that's coming back. In the meantime, we have that interim content, Better Podcasting Chats with SP. Right now, you can find me here, and you can also find me on Twitter at Shell underscore game. 
And despite the tech issues that kept things from coming out last week, you can usually find me over on Play Comics where I grab a guest and we look at video games based on the comics that we know everybody loves and just see how well those games represent the source material. Or I grab a creator and we look at their cool thing. And so those will be coming out while I anxiously wait for this invitation from SP to go talk to him. <laughs> well, if you listen to the show, you contact me. That's how it goes. So if you're interested to be on the show, just contact me and we'll schedule a time to be on. I want to thank our listener and our viewers for just joining us and joining us on this journey. Uh, the X-Men, the animated series that we're doing in the off weeks, the MCU films when they come out on Disney+. Plus the Disney Plus series with Ms. Marvel and everything else that's going to happen the rest of the year. We really appreciate you listening and downloading and interacting with us, especially those one word reviews of the episode. We really appreciate that. I know we had a little bit of conversation in the discord and on Twitter about how after episode one, how the powers manifest with the bangle and Terrigen mists and stuff like that. Uh, still unclear of that. So we'll cover that in the next weeks. We hope on just what exactly is the link to the Inhumans here, or if there is one, and what the bangle really has done, because we have Bruno's explanation, but I sense there's a, a bigger explanation there. So yes, thank you very much, and you can catch us either on our Twitter account at Legends of Shield or on our Discord server at gunnygeek.com slash Discord. Lots of great conversation going on there lately, so really appreciate that. In the meantime, that's it for this week. Until next time, I'm Director SB. I'm Agent Michelle. And I'm Agent Chris. See everybody next time. Bye. 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 God, I didn't talk about the fashion in that movie. Oh my God. Outtakes. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hey, guess what? My computer doesn't want to update. Yay! (laughs) Mine... Yeah, I didn't even check. We're going to give this a go. I tried it and it worked, but it also if something happens, I've got the PodTrack V4 ready to plug in. All I have to do is turn it on. I do have to switch a cord, so that's going to take a couple of minutes, but yeah, hopefully it'll work. So we'll see, but I did reach out to Sweetwater, my Sweetwater rep. Do you have a Sweetwater rep? Do you have you ordered anything from Sweetwater? I do. I have. I told him that I will be his easiest customer to deal with because I'm not going to spend a ton of money and he doesn't have to worry about me.
<laughs> He'll call you anyway. Yeah. But I'm on the every six months plan instead of like every week or whatever it was before. Okay. So I emailed him last Thursday and I said, Hey, what's going on? And he said, it's about about a 10 day delay. And so I emailed him this morning at like 3am because I was up old man, got to go to the bathroom sort of thing. So I emailed him and said, Hey, my mixer died yesterday. Any news on when they're coming in? So I didn't say I need it now or anything. It was just like any news. He said, yeah, we're scheduled to get the shipment in a couple of days. I'll make sure that yours goes out immediately. So I might have jumped to the top of the queue of the ones that they get in. But good. he's told me already that I'm in the first batch. So when the first batch comes in, they'll ship them out and I'll be in that first batch. Now, whether it's the first day, second day, whatever, I don't know. But I've got enough backup with the PodTrack P4 that I'm good. Good to go for a couple of days at least. Yeah. I could probably actually... Uh, so you've got the PodTrack P4. I've got the PodTrack P4. I could actually mm-hmm. probably do everything that I do with the PodTrack. It's just the way that I have things set up right now, it's set up to use the mixer and to edit. I still need it. I still need the mixer because it powers the speakers. And I just don't want to edit with headphones. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it holds out. My enthusiasm for this movie is not made up for the uh, <laughs> it's not made up for this show. I'm really going to go watch this. Because I watched it. I started it at three. So I would make sure I had enough time to finish up notes and make sure I wasn't late to the podcast. So you just watched it today. I watched it today. Yeah, I watched it today. So last weekend, my son texted me and he said, you got to watch Interceptor, which is the new movie on Netflix. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. Yeah. So I'm like, ah, I think I went to bed about 1230 Friday night because I was editing and say, you guys know that I spent hours and hours on the weekend editing and stuff like that. So I go to bed really late and I turn it on because I promised him I'd watch the first hour. And I was like, I'm going to go to sleep in 15 minutes. I was awake the entire time. It was so bad. Like you said, it's, it's so bad. It's good, but it yes. is so bad. So yeah, Chris, you're going to love this movie. Do you have Netflix? I do. You're going it, to. It's so bad. It has. Is it me? Because I actually made this comment that it feel, has that feeling of like what the sci-fi Remember those movies they would do every week, every once in a while? Yeah. Like the Sharknado and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. This, oh my God, it is, it's so bad. It's good. It's one of those movies. Yeah, the most hilarious part, I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but Chris Hemsworth had probably the most hilarious parts of the movie, I think. Yeah. In my opinion. I'm going to be all over both of these. Oh, the American Ninja Warrior. The action actually was pretty decent. The action yeah. was. But the story between the action. I'm not going to root it for you, Chris. Go watch no. it. Have fun. All right. So now you got two movies to watch. A really good Bollywood movie and a really bad Netflix movie. Well, thankfully, Kaylee likes musicals. So I can get her on that for the Bollywood, if nothing else. I think she'd be fine watching it with me anyway. And she enjoys watching bad movies with me. I will let you know how 
the other one, DDLJ. Yeah, DDLJ. Yeah. I plan on watching that so I could give you a <laughs> review because I am going to watch that. I, I know it's going to be vastly different because I want to know. I have to watch this movie. I want to know why everybody likes it. Just like I watched, the reason why I watched World of Warcraft was like, how come the people of China love this movie? I have to know. It's fascinating what succeeds where. It's fascinating. Again, like on Netflix, Netflix has these great Mandarin selection. And it's these, it's the fantasy, if the martial arts, but the flowing outfits and the like one guy's like fan martial art and the other one's got like this long it doesn't matter they're beautiful the long hair and everything they're so pretty everybody's pretty the fashion is pretty and then you switch to something from south korea that has a completely different feel again watch different things from different places it's interesting how people have taken the idea of making TV and movies and doing it their own way. I'm fascinated by it constantly. I have an update. I am now at 40% of the first wheel in time. Good. 40%. A lot of pages left. <laughs> Only yeah. 92% of the rest of the series to go. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's other stuff I want to read. Oh, I ran out of comic book dividers, so then I ordered some on eBay, thinking they'd get here a lot quicker than the Amazon ones. They're supposed to be here tomorrow. They haven't been, so it was, they're in the process between, the Postal Service has this weird no man's land between, it's been dropped off, but we haven't accepted it yet. Okay. So it's been stuck there for like four days now. It sounds like when FedEx drops something off at our place and the guys receiving out there just don't touch it. Something like that. But it means that I can't do any comic book organization over the weekend because I need the stupid dividers. I mean, I can prep the next box, which I'm thinking it's going to be. Mm, what did I say? It's I think it's going to be teams and agents and stuff like that. But I could I did take a look at my Miss Marvel collection. And it starts in the middle of volume five, I want to say. The, the 2015 run is what I've got. So I don't have it all the way back to the beginning. And now that the show's out, it's, those issues are going to be outrageously expensive. So whatever. But there's digital. Yep. What you guys got going on this weekend? You got a, a big... Um, big uh, um, reenactment this weekend chris no um it's just gonna be father's day stuff with the in-laws Haley is making a cake that is going to look like a can of pluff mud porter has been poured out with a can somehow up there so you've got it actually pouring is it going to be like chocolate frosting is the pour I don't know how she's going to do it. She was going to be a horrible person and just make the head on the beer white until I was looking at her like, no, you can't do that. It's brown. Got to make it right. All right. We'll send us pictures. I will. And if you could chip us a piece, but 
probably not going to happen. Um, I will wish that I could, but I won't. Michelle, what are you doing this weekend? You still cleaning? Yes, the project is still ongoing. It's going to be epic. I will let you know because I, I have realized that you two are correct. I, SP, mark this on the thing. You are correct. And Chris, here's the thing. You also are correct. So it's a co. You're going to have to share this moment, SP. Okay. I do need a second monitor. <gasps> yes. <laughs> okay. You know what I really liked at the very beginning when Kamala's coming into the high school and she's just full of confidence and she's going down the hallway and she's saying, oh, you've been saying my name wrong and let me get into my locker and let me play basketball with you so you don't hit me. I thought that was going to be like a dream sequence and we were going to get cut back and then she'd be like the same or whatever. I'm so glad they didn't do that. I'm so glad that we got her actually evolving a little bit and then everybody around her like liking the new Kamala. So I did enjoy that at the beginning. And then, of course, she bumps into somebody because that's her. She is such a giant dork. She needs to work out. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, so in the movie, okay, Bonzagar. Okay, all right. So Aja, you got to realize it comes out in 1993, and it's very interesting how culture spreads across. And, of course, American culture getting to India. He dresses right out of miami vice he's got <laughs> the like the pastel the little oversized kind of jacket you know like suit jacket deal sunglasses when he becomes vicky because there's aja that's his real name and then vicky is the persona that's the race car driver that meets the gets in with the dad and the family that's the persona that he has the fashion he has it's i'm just like wow that's right out of miami vice this movie i really feel i feel like i'm hyping it so much i hope that you enjoy it at least a fraction as i do in case of you you know watch it enjoyed this movie uh, yeah, I, I just had a, a, a guy that worked for me who married into the culture while he was working with me, and he was telling me all about Bollywood and stuff like that, and I just never have sat down, but it, it's been fun so far of the little snippets that I've seen along the way, so I can't wait to watch this. By the way, I did a little Googling while you were talking, and I don't know the exact answer, but SRK, when he was making this film in 1993, was about 28 years old. Wow. God, what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> Podcasting with us. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. We'll see everybody next time. Bye. 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 Be good to each other. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2022.